Well, Treasury yields have pushed to post-GFC highs, but should we be too concerned about that? After all, interest rates are also at post-GFC highs, but we'll make what we can from the latest bond action overnight. And whether we are heading for a soft landing in the US or a recession, well, the equity markets aren't behaving like there's a recession coming, are they? And China, can we forget the idea of a stimulus or even much easing from the PBOC? It's Tuesday, the 22nd of August, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, yields pushing higher again today. Ten-year treasuries are up eight basis points to 4.33%, pushing into the highest level since 2007. German ten-year bonds are also up eight basis points to 2.7%, not quite at those multi-year highs, but not far off. UK ten-year yields are up at 4.73%, again, just off the high. And Australian ten-year yields rose three basis points yesterday to 4.26%, a couple of basis points higher on futures overnight. And US equities are on the rise, with the S&P up 0.2%. 8%, the Nasdaq up 1.6%, the Dow in the red, but only just. So tech stocks driving the gains as we wait for the NVIDIA result this week. Meanwhile, uh, we've just seen the Euro stocks 50 close up 0.3%, the FTSE 100 just in the red. And a small fall in the US dollar after a fairly choppy session. The Aussie is stuck at a little over 64 US cents, uh, climbing 0.2% overnight. Another 0.6% fall in the Japanese yen, though. Since mid-January, the US dollar has risen over 14% again. Against the yen. And oil is down quite a bit. Half percent drop in WTI and a 0.4% fall in Brent. A big spike in gas, though, thanks to the LNG strike in Australia today. NYMEX Natural uh, is up 2.4%. Uh, Dutch Natural Gas Futures for September, their contracts are up 9.8%. But let's start with those highs for US Treasury yields. NAB Sky Masters joins me. So the market obviously now believing the Fed is serious, but perhaps also expecting more from the Fed. What where are we now? What's the take on the, the this latest rise in yields? Obviously, it's been, been rising for a while, but look at where we are today. Morning, Phil. Um, yeah, look, yields are higher than 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 they were, um, but but I I wouldn't say they're they're extremely high relative to where you've got the funds rate. So you know, we've talked about this many a time before on the, on the podcast. But you know, if you've got a Fed funds rate at North of five um, percent, a US ten-year yield at, at you know just just in the low fours um, doesn't look like it's it's stretched yet. So th- there's um, you know ten-year Treasury yields hit four thirty-four um, over overnight. The you know the shift in in or the rise in yields continues to be real yield led. Um, so there's a lot of news reports overnight around the US ten-year real yield. Briefly breaking above above two percent, um, so we're hitting we're hitting levels that we haven't seen in an extremely long time. But um, you know the driver of that is mm. is what central banks have been doing and and where cash rates are landing. Right, but I mean there's very divided attitudes, isn't there, about where we do go from here? Because on on one side we've got some commentators and analysts in the US talking about a recession. On the other side, we've got people saying no, we're 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 still going with with a soft landing. Yeah, so there is there is uncertainty, but I think we are for, for the near term we are sort of people are shifting more towards. Um, you know, well, okay, the US economy is, is far more resilient than we thought. Um, you know, previously we were looking at, at sticky inflation, um, and that was driving high yields. Inflation looks like it's, it's coming off. We had the German PPI numbers overnight that we can talk about. Um, but, you know, inflation is, is heading lower, still well above target um or you know where central banks want inflation to be 
But the focus now is just turning back to the activity data and the resilience that we're seeing in the activity data. Um, and so what that's doing is, I guess, um, seeing economists pushing out expectations of um, possible recessions. Um, there's a survey overnight that, from the National Association of Business Economists in the US, and it showed that 69% of panellists are now confident that the Fed will achieve a soft landing. Now that's up from 30% back in March. So you're seeing it in those surveys, you're seeing it in the Bloomberg um, economic surveys that are going out, um, everyone sort of upgrading their near-term growth projections. Um, and you're seeing that starting to be reflected in in, in bond yields. So you know, I, I think, um, yeah, for us, we've been targeting US 10s to hit 450, so we're not quite there yet. So do I think yields can continue to rise? Yes, I do. Um, I would have thought we might have seen a little bit of consolidation to start this week, given how much yields have moved to date, but sort of that hasn't happened overnight. Um, and I think probably something that we're also seeing or going on in, in markets at the moment is, um, you know, it's probably being impacted by the non- Northern Hemisphere summer holidays. So that may be um, impacting the, the market and creating this sort of bit of volatility and movement movement in yields, um, so sort of a lack of liquidity. I also think, though, positioning um, is possibly an impact driving markets as well. So if you think about that survey I just talked about where, you know, panellists are now looking for a soft landing, um, economists are, are revising up their growth forecasts, um, you know, this all needs to be then feed through reflected in positioning. Uh, and the latest uh, JP Morgan survey still shows that there are sort of near record net long positions um, being held out there in, in treasuries. So, you know, some of this, this, you know, um, investors may be sort of starting to revise and look at their positioning and unwind some of those net long positions. And that's sort of in an environment where you've got Northern Hemisphere holidays, that's sort of creating um, a bit more movement in, in bond markets than we may have thought or expected. And there's obviously not a great concern about, you know, a, a hard landing. If we look at equity markets, we've seen, I mean, obviously they've had a, you know, a bad run, but, you know, signs of life coming back again, particularly in the tech sector today. So, I mean, that, that, that's got to be a sign that, you know, the, there's optimism that the landing is going to be soft. Yeah. I mean, look, yeah, look, we've got, you know, 10 year treasuries north of 4%, but the NASDAQ's up about nearly one and a half percent overnight. So recall, you know, um, last year when, you know, 10-year treasuries were just about trying to hit 3% or, or you know, break above 3%. And, um, you know, you were seeing equity markets wobble. Um, and, you know, there was that view, well, you know, treasury yields are, are heading higher. So that has an implication for, for equity markets. Um, at the moment, we're not seeing, we're seeing, we're not seeing that repeat when 10-year treasury yields are breaking above 4%, are we? No, well, I think the, the greater hope is that the new video is going to give us a sterling result, isn't it? Uh, but the uh, so you, you mentioned PPIs because we had a, a sort of a mix, didn't we? So if we want to look at the uh, you know soft uh, softer growth, New Zealand gave us credit card spending uh, just three percent up year, three point six percent up year on year in July, down from five point one percent a month earlier. So that's sort of like a softer outlook. Canada saw their house prices falling for new homes, the price index month on month down zero point one percent. So that's another 
sign of a slowdown. Uh, but we expect that. And then, yeah, maybe softer inflation. So German PPI down 6% year on year for July, minus 1.1% month on month. And now a chunk of that comes from a fall in energy prices. But so maybe we shouldn't get too excited. But, you know, a sign of deflation. Let's take it. Yeah. I mean, it was that was a big, big miss. So the market was looking for, I think, a, a fall of around 0.2 on the, on the month or um, down 5% on the year. So quite a big miss there. But it's had limited impact on, on bond markets. So, you know, 10 year, two year and 10 year bond yields both closed up around eight basis points overnight. So for now, um, that, that easing in producer prices, um, hasn't, hasn't flown through into, into bond markets. Right. Well, tell you what also hasn't responded. The Aussie dollar hasn't really responded too much to the latest news from China, where for those, you know, sort of hoping for a bazooka style input from the government to try and solve all their problems, it looks like it's just not going to happen. Or from the PBOC. So the PBOC has left the five-year loan prime rate unchanged yesterday. The one-year rate came down only 10 basis points. So they are not going for any sort of ultra-easing policy, presumably because they don't think it's going to work. But that leaves the question, what will make it work? I mean, we're not seeing big moves in the yuan or the Aussie dollar for that matter. Because the issue is... You know, the debt is in local governments through local government financing vehicles, which, uh, you know, could be as much as $8 trillion. How do they get that debt down? That is the issue. I think that, you know, people were expecting that maybe there'll be a bailout from from the government, but they don't seem to want to create the money to do that. So this story has got a very long cycle, hasn't it, which must create some doubt about how quickly the Aussie dollar can recover. I guess, you know, we can take solace from the fact the Aussie dollar at least hasn't plunged any further on this news, so maybe it's reached the bottom. Now, you know, the implications for the Aussie dollar, you can you can um, ask Rail Rodrigo this week if one of them are on, on the podcast. Um, but in general, you know, yeah, this is this is not playing out the way um, investors had wanted or expected. Um, so, you know, for now it looks more like the stimulus has to come from from um, fiscal policy. Uh, but, you know, uh, overall, I think, you know, it appears that policy decisions by Chinese authorities may be or are going to be different this time around to, to what we've been used to. Um, and I think that's, that's a bit of a challenge for market participants at the moment in terms of understanding what that looks like and the overall implica- implications. Um, so for now, you know, it has had a dampening impact on, on the Aussie dollar. It briefly, you know, broke below 64 cents, um, yesterday on, on, on the news, but it did bounce back up. Back above, so you know, overnight it's traded a range of sixty three ninety five to sixty four twenty nine. I think. Um, so, as you say, you know, lim- limited limited reaction um, on the Aussie dollar, and you know, it's certainly having limited reaction on on bond yields at the moment. Um, you know, the uncertainty around the Chinese growth outlook doesn't, for now, seem to be dampening um, the direction of of bond yields which is higher. So, uh, and I'm sure something else you're saying is not going to change uh, markets too much, but it's going to be interesting this week. The intergenerational report, which is going to be sort of drip fed uh, fed through to us this week. There's some about it on the AFR this morning. One of the, the big shifts since the last report in 2021 is this lowering in the expectation of the growth rate for the, for the Australian economy because of the lowering of the productivity growth rate, which is something we're going to be talking about. Uh, on the weekend edition of the uh, of the morning call th- this weekend, but as we start to get more data 
I mean, if it is pointing to a slower economy and perhaps we, you know, we have more government debt obligations as a result of this. I mean, this is too slow moving to have any market implications. I'll answer that question for you because I know what you're going to say. <laughs> but it's going to be interesting anyway. One thing to look out for. It is very quiet today, isn't it? We get uh, US existing home sales later on. We expect them to be soft. We get some Fed speakers, Goolsby, Bowman. Um, but obviously... We're not expecting much from them because we're going to be waiting for Jerome Powell at Jackson Hole at the end of the week. So it's going to be a very quiet day, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be another quiet day, Phil. You are, you are correct. Um, so Enough said. <laughs> enough said. But I, I very much look forward to listening to the weekend edition on on, um, on Friday afternoon. Productivity. That's the great thing. productivity. Yeah, it's great that we can cover these issues. And actually, you know, talking about China and how that's all resolved, that's going to be one for the coming weeks as well, hasn't it? Good to talk, Sky. Definitely. We'll catch you again soon. Thanks. Thanks, Phil. And that's it for this Tuesday morning. By the way, it is Rodrigo joining me tomorrow morning, so I can ask him. She sort of passed that question on about whether the Aussie dollar has bottomed out now in terms of uh, its reaction to slow growth coming out of China. So listen out for that. That's tomorrow on the morning call. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you then. Thanks for listening.